Yesterday, the Lunduke Journal published an article entitled Sousa's ex-CEO ousted after greenlighting, quote, risky deals. New details uncovered about the abrupt departure of the Linux company's CEO earlier this year. I'm going to read parts of this article to you now. If you'd like to read the whole thing, go over to lunduke.locals.com. But I have, I have some additional color commentary I would like to add and some background to this because it's, it's a fascinating story if you follow the world of Linux and open source business. It's uh, Sousa is a, is a big company in that field. And what is happening behind the scenes could have an, a pretty significant impact on multiple projects. So it's, it's worth following and it's worth digging into. And it's, it's amazing to me how few tech firms and tech uh, news outlets are actually talking about what's happening here, because it's, it's really, really interesting. Of course, the Lunduke Journal is just about the only one go to lunduke.locals.com support us read the articles. We we do actual real tech journalism here. So, you know, it's kind of fun. All right. I'm going to read some of this article to you now. On March 22nd of this year, the CEO of Sousa, Melissa DiDonato, was unexpectedly announced to no longer be working for the Linux company effective that very day. <laughs> it was announced that she's leaving and she was gone that instant. Woo. At the time, it seemed likely but unconfirmed that DiDonato was fired from her position simply based on her less-than-stellar performance in the role. A, a few examples. She oversaw the IPO of Sousa on the German stock exchange, which had results which were not great at first, and then it got worse. As time went on, DiDonato oversaw Sousa as it lost close to half of the company's valuation, eventually leading the majority shareholders to seek a delisting of the company. And the Sousa CEO was so desperate for positive press that Sousa actually paid multiple companies to give her fake awards. I'm not joking. That really happened. Do I, do I have the tab up so I can show you some of this? I do. Uh, so here's, here's one example. Uh, Sousa actually bought, they purchased a Woman of the Year award for D Donato. I've got uh, links to the article where you can read all about that, but that's really a real thing. She, the, Sousa paid a company to give her a woman of the year award. And then people in the company uh, almost seeming at gunpoint started announcing how, what a deserved honor it is. <laughs> It's absolutely insane. Sousa also bought a COVID-19 hero award. And I, I mean, they bought these. The, you, there, are, there are companies and organizations out there that you can sponsor. You pay them an, an, an amount of money, right? Something significant. And in exchange, you get put into the running to get an award. Well, now how it really works is you basically pay for an award. So they got a COVID-19 hero award. They got a, a woman of the year award. They got a whole bunch of awards. They did this several times, and it was mostly focused around the CEO, Melissa DiDonato. It was very, to say it was cringeworthy would be a wild understatement. So it was assumed that she was fired because of a lot of this stuff that she did. Um, it, it, was, it, was, it was crazy. It was ridiculous. 
That said, in the days following Di Donato's ousting, confidential sources suggested to the Lunduk Journal that there was more to the story, that there were significant non-public reasons for her, quote, immediate departure, more than simply poor performance and cringeworthy self-awards. I, I talked about this very, very tangentially in a show back when this happened, but I, I, I had no additional information other than people inside Sousa were telling me on the condition of being anonymous, that there was more to it. They did not give me any details, and I had nothing else to report on it. It, it sounded, it, it could have been anything. It could have been absolutely anything. I, I did some digging back then, and uh, no one was ready to go on the record at that point about what exactly some of it might be. Well, thanks to new reporting from Reuters, <laughs> Reuters, we might be gaining new insight into what those reasons might have been. Apparently, under D. Donato, the Sousa board felt it was necessary to create a new, quote, deal desk. That's what they called this. To research and authorize any sizable corporate deal, meaning any deal over $500,000. To ensure that it was not a high-risk deal for Sousa, even going so far as to issue a warning to shareholders about such potentially risky existing deals. Now, when a corporate board establishes a new system to review risky deals made under specific leadership, that's a pretty strong indicator that risky deals were being made, right? They, they, they don't want to spend money on additional headcount unless it actually, there's a reason to. Where there's smoke, there's fire. This is uh, from the Reuters article, um, which I, I link to here, and I, I recommend reading it. There's a, there's a lot of details in here. Sousa may enter into high-risk or commercially inappropriate deals if it does not exercise effective control over the sales organization, it said in the report. The company noted that commercial governance is a newly identified risk this year, and a heat map in the report ranked the risk as, quote, possible and its impact on the business as, quote, high. So a warning to shareholders, along with assurances... That the, that the company would be protected from future risky deals by this new business desk, or this new, uh, sorry, this new deals desk was issued on January 19th of this, of this current year. The Sousa CEO, D. Donato, was ousted without notice on March 22nd of this year. So what exactly happened in the 63 days between those two events? Well, thanks to what we're hearing from Reuters, it turns out big, risky deals were being made by D. Donato. The exact ones that they were warning shareholders about as being a risk to Sousa's future profitability. And those new deals, they did not get reviewed by that deal desk that the board demanded be created and that the assured shareholder would, shareholders would be used. Uh, again, from the Reuters piece, according to four documents reviewed by Reuters and two of the people with knowledge of the situation, D. Donato greenlighted the commercial terms of a roughly $1.4 million sale to South African utility ESCOM in late January, bypassing the deal desk scrutiny in order to speed the process. Less than two weeks after Sousa told investors the desk would help to improve controls. 
Now, Reuters obtained internal Sousa emails that appear to corroborate this. Uh, a few quotes here. Uh, just because getting the details right is important. On January 30th, after commercial terms of the ESCOM deal had been agreed, a senior Sousa executive said in an email to other company officials that the terms had not been submitted to the deal desk. And in late February, an executive told colleagues in an email that the sale had not been scrutinized by the deal desk. So then, then, a few weeks later, Di Donato was, without warning, no longer the CEO of Sousa. The departure was so abrupt and so unplanned that Sousa was left without a CEO for over a month and a half. Now, at this point, things appear within Sousa to be in damage control mode. Shareholders have just voted in November to delist, to delist, list the company from the stock exchange and take Sousa private. Sousa no longer being a publicly traded company will significantly reduce the requirements on what sort of information gets publicly reported, including potentially specifics about risky deals. <laughs> that seems to be a pretty key point. And as for Melissa DiDonato, what really, really caught my eye in all of this is she's lawyered up. Reuters reached out to Melissa DiDonato for comment, and those comments were handled exclusively by her attorneys. And it, made, it became clear in the wording from her attorneys, which you can read over at the Reuters article that I linked to, that they had been working on this exact thing since DiDonato left Sousa. It was obvious. It's just painfully obvious. Now... What does this mean for the future of the world's longest-running Linux company? That's a good question, right? I mean, realistically, we don't know. The, the more, the more profitable pro profitability problems that SUSE has, the bigger an issue that is for the Open SUSE project and any other projects that SUSE contributes to, up to and including the Linux kernel, live kernel patching, um, all, all sorts of things, uh, a bunch of container technologies. All sorts of stuff, right? And whenever these sorts of, of companies, whenever Linux and open source companies take a hit, it is it has a ripple impact. It impacts other companies within the ecosystem. Because right now, SUSE has been working in close partnership with Oracle to try and take on Red Hat. Right. Because Red Hat made a made a bunch of a bunch of announcements and changes to their their source code licensing recently. They got rid of CentOS. Uh, Red Hat said bye bye CentOS. And then Red Hat said that uh, basically they're not going to publish the source code for Red Hat Enterprise Linux anymore. They're not going to they're not going to make it so they're basically make it if where if you want to get that source code to Red Hat Enterprise Linux, even though it's open source and GPL for the most part. You have to have a a paid subscription and license to Red Hat Enterprise in general, right? You have to have a support contract in place. And so in response to that, SUSE was like, well, we'll take advantage of this, work with Oracle and a few others to really make a big deal about it. And so now they're establishing their own Red Hat Enterprise Linux compatible distro from SUSE, which is wild. So, they, I mean, they still have SUSE Linux Enterprise, which is a whole different deal, but now they also basically have Red Hat Enterprise Linux. <laughs> 
and what and when when Sousa announces they have now announced multiple times in multiple ways that there's some issues right that there are risky business deals and now what does that really mean right so let's let's take a step back what when 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 a company like Sousa or Red Hat say that they've entered into risky business deals what they're really talking about are are support deals so when a big business comes along and, and, and inks a deal with a big enterprise Linux company, a big open source enterprise company, if the deals are big enough, and we're talking about here are half a million and more dollar deals, those companies, Sousa, Red Hat, etc., they hire people specifically to work on those businesses' needs, to be available for support needs, um, for specific engineering tasks, and the like. Right, right. They staff up to meet those needs. And when those deals have a significant risk of just follow falling through and not not being paid out or having some other potential issue that could cost Sousa money, then Sousa's left with employees that they're paying for and upfront investments in in those sorts of uh, those sorts of headcounts. And not actually getting a return on those investments. Right. So. While Sousa is a big company, if you make a couple of these bad investments, things could go south in a big hurry. And these are the sorts of things that cause your public stock price to start tanking. These are not good news stories to have. These are not good things to to have to report in your quarterly financial statements. So they're bringing the company private, obviously, because they know there are problems here that they don't want to have to report. So my guess is, we it is not confirmed, but my guess, and I should be very clear, I do not have inside information on this. It just seems obvious based on what is happening. My guess is they're going private. They are being delisted from the stock exchange. They've already voted to do that. And soon, in the coming quarters we will see layoffs because there were risky business deals put in place that the board in all likelihood had reason to believe were were not going to pay out for some reason. Now, the one we talked about in this one, the uh, the South African uh, energy company, that was just one example. That was just one example that took place during a couple week period of time uh, at the end of January of earlier this year. And it's an interesting example because it happened right after the warnings were issued to shareholders. But clearly, the this, quote, deal desk was put in place for deals that existed long prior to that, over the course of Melissa D. Donato's tenure as CEO, right? Uh, that's just that, that much is just obvious. So the Lunduk Journal responded to all of this by reaching out to some of our sources at SUSE for confirmation regarding some of these details. Uh, the, some of the information that Reuters has published, it all, it all passes the sniff test. But uh, we like to, at the Lunduke Journal, be sure of things, right? Everything passes the sniff test. Uh, Sousa's attorneys are not denying this. Melissa D. Donato's attorneys are verifying this. Right. Because they've they've basically said, yeah, they've they've 
they're talking about these and they've responded to uh, the request for comment from Reuters. So it is essentially verified at that point, but I'm looking for more information. So I reached out. I, I uh, and, uh, full disclosure, I worked at Sousa for several years. I mean, it's been many years since I worked there. But I worked there for several years. I, I left in a rather big way, it seemed like at the time. When I, when I left, uh, Sousa actually issued a press release when I left. Um, uh, because at that point, I was the most public face of the company. I was the most known name within Sousa. And so they knew that they needed to get out ahead of any possible story. So they actually issued a press release saying, you know, Lunduke is moving on from Sousa and, and heading back to his, his life of journalism. And, uh, and we wish him well, blah, 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 blah. It was, it was a very, it was a very, <laughs> it was a very simple canned press release. Um, but I still have contacts there. So I reached out to some of them, um, waiting to hear back from, from a few of them. I did get a response from someone who I will leave as nameless, <laughs> but, uh, I got a response from someone, uh, who simply said, and I'm paraphrasing here cause I don't, I don't have the, I don't have the email in front of me. Uh, stop trying to get me in trouble, Lunduke. <laughs> I reached out to this person uh, just to see, you know, you know, one, are all these details correct? I, I sent that person a copy of uh, of the article that I published. Like, am I incorrect on any of this stuff? Like my my assertions, any of it is, is any of it just wrong? And uh, beyond that, are there any additional details that would shed, you know, some light onto this, that would put some color on this, that would make it make more sense? Maybe maybe it would make Sousa look better, right? I, I, don't, I don't really care. I just want it to be accurate. <clears throat> Stop trying to get me in trouble, Lunduke. <laughs> so I'm not... Yeah, I'm not expecting too much in the way of of uh, of details or comments coming back from from Sousa, either officially or anonymously from my uh, confidential sources. This this is an interesting one. I uh, I recommend reading the article and clicking on the links and uh, kind of getting some of the background there. It's over at lunduke.locals.com. I'm I'm uncertain what impact this really will have. Uh, on, on the company outside of kind of what we've already talked about, right? I mean, clearly, I think going forward, I would be surprised if there weren't uh, a handful of at least uh, layoffs from Sousa, you know, sometime, I don't know, maybe the first half of, of 2024. Um, but, uh, I would, I would be surprised if it happened before, before everything finalized, of Sousa going private again, right? Until that that whole stock buyback system is already done and Sousa is fully delisted, uh, and and that's all way behind them. Because I I don't think I get I get the impression that Sousa really doesn't want to answer questions about any of this. Uh, it, now, what I what I think is really fascinating beyond this story, which you know. <sighs> It really, it really isn't anything uh, truly nefarious going on here. What it, what it really sounds like is my personal uh, objective opinion. It, it looks like a CEO that did kind of did a poor job, and then a CEO that didn't uh, listen to uh, didn't listen to the board. But what it sounds like is it, they just did a bad job. But why are other news outlets not fully covering this? 
that's what I don't a hundred percent fully understand. But I suppose we'll figure that out as time goes forward. All right, everybody. With that, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, nerds and nerdettes, I do declare with the utmost awesomeness and broadcast. <laughs>